follow along and turn in your scriptures to the Gospel of Luke, to the second chapter, verses 8 through 14. That's where we will be camping out today. Again, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Of course, a familiar text during this season of lights, during this Advent season. Beginning with verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find this baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Let me pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be wholly pleasing and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Around the globe today, around the world, churches are are coming together to worship and are celebrating and are lighting in many of those churches the Advent wreath, this fourth Sunday of Advent. And today we we celebrate God's promise of joy, which sounds a lot like and similar to happiness, right? Sometimes people use the words joyful, happy, blessed, almost interchangeably as synonyms, if if you would. But they're not quite the same thing. They're they're actually very different things. There are websites and and apps where you can indicate your mood at the time of your post. We know this, right? One of the choices is happy. Happiness is a temporary mood, probably based on any number of circumstances, like whether you had coffee this morning whether you stepped on a Lego as you were walking down the hall to wake your children, whether a friend called or didn't, what kind of headlines you saw and whatever source it is that you get your constant feed of news, whether you have interesting plans today or if you're alone. Happiness is one of those, those sort of basic yet shallow feelings Part of that sad, mad, glad trio that that never gets much deeper than the surface. There's things behind them, to be fair and to be sure. The kind of joy that these prophets express and the kind of of joy that we're being called to seek, it, it isn't happiness. It's not just a feeling. It's not just a cheerfulness brought out by the smell of 
cinnamon coming down the hall. So then how do we get it? Some of us have a hard enough time summoning, summoning up happiness or cheer. And others of us trade on our cheerful dispositions. Some people are just always happy, aren't they? Many of us this time of year are frantically rushing around, getting everything decorated or wrapped or, or baked. And we just don't really seem to have time for any of this stuff. We've got more important things to do. I wonder if we're truly honest with ourselves, how many of us would admit that, that we sometimes pretend to be happy even when we aren't. And, and, and at Christmas time or, or really at, at any other time because we think that that's what people expect of us. Especially now. Do we use our smiles to mask something missing, perhaps, that's deeper down as we peel away the layers of the onion? Do we just keep working on ha happiness and, and hoping that one day it, it will be enough? Well, and the time of Jesus' birth was, was a really hard, it was, it was a dark period in Israel's history. The promised land was occupied by the Romans. The voice of the Lord had, had not been heard for 400 years. The Jewish faith was reduced to more for, mere formalism by the scribes and the Pharisees. A lot of the clergy looked and sounded religious, but in reality were nothing but walking dead. Zealots who tried to overthrow foreign oppressions, Herodians who favored the policies of Herod, Antipas, and thus supported the Roman government, political factions. Not that that's happening now. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, within this setting, Israel needed desperately to hear a message of joy. She needed to hear a message of hope and anticipation in order to weather the storms of life. And in the midst of all these dark moments, the, the people clung to the promises of the Messiah because the Messiah's coming meant joy would be restored. It would be ushered in. The Messiah's coming is good news of great joy. Verse 10. Chapter 2 of Luke. I wonder how, how cheerful Mary and Joseph were that first advent. We have our crushes and our, our nativity scenes, and they're, some of them, I, I really like the really delicate porcelain ones, and they're painted, and there's these really angelic cherub looks. I don't know that that was reality. <laughs> Mary, an, an unmarried teenager, suddenly pregnant. Joseph, a man who will be supporting a family before he even pays for a wedding. Both of them in a small village where everyone will know their scandal before the end of the day. And a culture where Mary's choice to say yes to God could have very easily gotten her killed. Yet in the midst of that, she sings this song. It's recorded, in, right? My, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has done great things for me. He has fed the hungry and lifted up the lowly, and holy is his name. Her song is, is not all that different from Horatio Spafford, who, who wrote one of the most famous hymns ever. 
It is well with my soul. A lot of us know the story, and I've read it from up here, but if you're not familiar, for this hymn was written after traumatic events in Spafford's life. It, the first was the, the 1871 Great Chicago Fire, which absolutely ruined him financially. He had been very successful prior to that. His business interests were further hit by this big economic downturn in, in 1873, at which time he planned to travel to Europe with his family. In a late change of plan, he, he sent the family ahead while, while he was delayed in the business concerning zoning problems following this great fire in Chicago, which was working. While crossing the Atlantic, their ship sank rapidly after a collision with a sea vessel. The Lock Aaron and all four of Spafford's daughters died. His wife, Anna, survived. And sent him now that very famous telegram, saved alone. Shortly afterwards, as Spafford traveled to meet his grieving wife, he was inspired to write the word, these words as his ship, ship passed near where his daughters had died. It is well. It is well with my soul. Or the prophet Isaiah, looking around at the ruined city as people were hoping to rebuild, trying to preach the word to people of fair-weather faith, proclaiming that God has promised to plant them in fertile ground so that they can grow into oaks of righteousness that glorify the Lord, as we read earlier, offering a vision of justice and of joy married together. If anyone had reason to mask his or her fear, with false cheer, with some self-manufactured fake happiness, it was surely these. Yet in the face of, of all three, of, of, of all of this, they proclaimed joy instead. Amazing. Margaret Amer, an Old Testament professor at the Interdenominational Theological Center, is quoted as saying this concerning joy. Joy is an act of faithful subversion in a world that tells you to be scared and sad. We could add that it's also an act of faithful subversion in a wor world that tells you to, to cover up your true self and that sad, mad, glad trio that's fake. Joy is well beyond anything our culture, our possessions, our country, our media, or even our earthly relationships can give us. Joy comes from one place, and one place alone, from seeking, finding, being found, and in the presence of the Lord Almighty. And interestingly, it seems that God has even shown us the way to joy. Do we catch it? Do we hear it? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, anointed me to bring good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to release the captives, to comfort the mourning, to rebuild, restore, renew. I, the Lord, love justice. 
could it be that the way to know the joyful spirit or the joyful fruit of the spirit is, is to practice? Could it be that it's to practice? Not to look up to the sky anticipating something better. Not to, not to turn away from suffering because it's depressing and ugly, but instead to get more grounded to reach to our roots, to push down, or, or perhaps to be pushed down into the earth and let God grow us up. To live fully into our calling as the anointed ones. The body of Christ made to bring grace to a world that's in need. To shine light into a, a world of darkness. To serve instead of being served. Does it sound like that's a familiar story? It's, it's so obvious, it's almost trite. We've all heard of the stories. We, we've, we've told them. We've, we've lived them. We've, we've remembered them. These stories of giving, of serving, of helping, of feeding, and, and finding more joy there than in opening 50 presents under a tree. Of stuff that's bought with money we don't have to give to people we don't necessarily like to impress them. instead of being served. It's little things. It's meals shared. It's visitation. Not in some formal sense, but just going and being and sitting with one another. No agenda. It's looking at old photos and laughing and remembering when. It's being in touch with what's happening outside of ourselves. It's having a bigger vision instead of a smaller one. It's being willing to be uncomfortable when really every decision that I make at some level, especially this time of year, has to do with my comfort. It's praying for the person sitting next to you. It's being bold enough in this room to walk up to someone and say, hey, I don't know who you are. I recognize you and I see you, but tell me your name. I'm glad you're here. It's all these things that we've done and, and it's all these things that have been done in us and for us and move us away from fraud to truth. Is it still possible that the way to joy, the way the real Christmas spirit is, is, is through being more fully who God has called us to be in the place where God has called us to be? And if you're wondering where God has called you to be, wherever you are, that's it. Because wherever you go, there you are. But for the believer, wherever you go, he's there too. So we don't have to spend a lot of time fretting and worrying and wondering. Because where you are is where you're supposed to be. There's not an accident in that. Is it possible that Christmas joy comes from us being the sight of God's incarnation? God taking on flesh. God's coming to be with us, moving into the neighborhood. 
as Eugene Peterson says in the message. Maybe when we bear Christ into the world, we, the way Mary bore Christ in her body, when we don't just speak good news, but when we are good news, when we are creators of justice, then we will also find joy. A joy that's beyond mere cheer. A joy that's grounded and it's growing. A joy that's subversive and holy. And may we know that this joy has come for us all. A-L-L. Just as it was first revealed to, to the lowly shepherds 2,000, over 2,000 years ago. It's, it's, it's being revealed to us again as, as, we, as we journey through, through the Advent on our way to Bethlehem. And we're almost there, aren't we? Through, through hope, peace, love, and joy. It's a journey. Once again, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in fields nearby, fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And as often is the case, at least I think every time is the case in recorded scripture, when an angel of the Lord appears to someone and they were terrified. (laughs) But the angel said to them, as they always say when greeting, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor Let's be on the journey to discover it. Amen.